This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Howdy and welcome to Portable Beads, the pediatric board review podcast. This week we're kicking off our month on endocrinology. I'm Ryan and with me today is Sam. Hey guys. So let's jump right into our first endo topic of the month. So a 12-year-old male presents to the ED for abdominal pain and vomiting starting today. He also reports feeling increasingly thirsty after getting better from his recent URI. On exam, the patient's noted to have rapid, deep breathing, and his serum labs show a pH of 7.0, blood glucose of 700, and a BUN of 50.50. Bicarbonate was given to this patient due to an undetectable serum CO2 value, Additionally, this patient's corrected serum sodium failed to improve with initial therapies in the ICU. Which of the following are not associated with increased risk for cerebral edema in this patient? Is the answer A, initial serum glucose, B, azotemia, C, decreased partial pressure of arterial CO2, D, treatment with bicarbonate, or E, lack of increase in serum sodium during therapy? Take a second, pause if you need to, and the question and answer choices are in the show notes. All right, and the correct answer here is A, initial serum glucose. Now, Sam, you want to explain why that's the case? Absolutely. So this patient is presenting an acute DKA, or diabetic ketoacidosis. This disease can commonly present with the polys, as you're probably familiar with, polyphagia, polydipsia, and polyuria. However, it's common to present with abdominal pain and vomiting as well. This may or may not be accompanied by rapid, deep breathing, or as you probably know it as Kuzmal respirations. DKA is more common in type 1 diabetes, so it's important to ask about family histories of other autoimmune diseases, such as hypothyroidism and celiac disease. Treatment for DKA includes IV insulin infusion, hydration with IV fluids, and frequent lab monitoring, including blood glucose and electrolytes. The Pediatric Emergency Medicine Collaborative Research Committee of the American Academy of Pediatrics published an article in the New England Journal of Medicine back in 2001, which discusses the risk factors for cerebral edema. Although the article is 20 years old now, it's still supported by the Pediatric Endocrine Society as of the recording of this podcast in October 2021. So Ryan, do you want to take us through the question answers now that we kind of have this background and take us through why the correct answer is right? Sure. So the first lab value mentioned in this question stem, initial blood glucose, is surprisingly not a risk factor for the development of cerebral edema and DKA. This also seems to include the rate of correction of glucose, as indicated by an article from the Pediatric Critical Care Medicine Journal back in 2012. However, the other answer choices are true. So decreased partial pressures of arterial CO2, lack of increase of serum sodium during therapy, and treatment with bicarbonate are all associated with increased risks of developing cerebral edema. In addition, azotemia, or increased serum BUN, at the time of diagnosis is mentioned in multiple papers as being a risk factor for cerebral edema. 
This is likely due to the dehydration of the patient, which is also why severely increased creatinine is also mentioned as an independent risk factor, as well as fluid refractory shock. But this is a short episode, and that'll do it for this week's episode. We just wanted to take a moment, though, to thank y'all for listening to the podcast. Our listenership has drastically increased over the past few months, and that's all thanks to you guys. In order to best serve y'all going forward, we're planning to release an optional survey soon to get your feedback. This survey has been submitted to the IRB for approval, and then we hope to get it out in the next coming weeks, hopefully October of 2021 into November of 2021. We would greatly appreciate you guys taking a minute or two that it'll take to complete this survey. We'll be sure to let you know once it's out. With boards quickly approaching, we again thank you for taking the time to listen. Good luck on boards and happy studying, guys. Happy studying. You got this.